Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life. All either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, I will be sharing Owen's birth story. So last week was Owen's birthday and I thought to myself, oh no, I need to record his birth story because I recorded Ella's in March. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's episode number 10 of the All of You Whole podcast. And today I would love to share with you Owen's birth story. So Owen is my second precious little kiddo and... If you've heard the first episode of Ella's birth story, you know that I had a premature baby at the age of 23. It was a really, really traumatic birth. We were not sure if Ella was a stillbirth or if she was alive when she came out or if she would live. She was three pounds, 5.8 ounces, so she was teeny tiny and stayed five weeks in the NICU. Spoiler alert, she's doing great now. She's nine and a half. So when we wanted to get pregnant with Owen, first of all, we had this initial plan to have kids in like 2020. We wanted to wait seven or eight years when we were financially stable and when we were more mature because we were basically kiddos ourselves and all of these things. So we had this choice to make of do we wait? longer and have a longer age gap between our kiddos or do we just go for it? And we feel like you're going to have some sacrifice whenever you have kids. So we had kids in our early, early 20s and we sacrificed a lot, honestly. Like when we got pregnant with Ella, our first emotion was sadness because we were giving up so much, right? Like we didn't have a lot of the freedoms that we would have had if we hadn't had a kiddo to go places and do things and explore and all of these, whatever you do in your 20s. Like we we did not really do those things. We pretty much jumped into our 30s is what it felt like. And so we felt like might as well make the most of this and have our kiddos close together because then I think I'll be 42 when Owen goes to college. So I will be really young. So we figured let's put all the sacrifice in all at once and so that we can have kind of some of the reward and reap the benefits later in life. So I had an IUD in between Ella and Owen, did not love that, would not recommend it. I very much wish I had had my Daisy Fertility Tracker that I have now and I use now. I wish I had that at the time. That's what I would recommend, just tracking your cycles. But I had an IUD. I got it out in December and I remember 
I wanted to get a diaphragm, so I bought a diaphragm as a birth control method, and I thought, I got my IUD out in December, and I thought to myself, okay, I need to start tracking my cycles, I need to figure out this fertility thing. Because Ella was a surprise, we had never tried to get pregnant before, which I realize is such a blessing. And of course, (laughs) when you have an IUD, you guys, you do not think about your birth control. There's not a pill that you take, there is not something that you do every time that you have sex. It's just completely thoughtless. So of course I'm like, oh, we're going to take three months so that I can figure out my body and we can plan this and we'll get pregnant in March. Okay, well, we got pregnant the first available opportunity in January. And so I got pregnant in January, had a due date in mid-October-ish, So we were pregnant with Owen, and when we got pregnant with Owen, we were living in Augusta, Georgia. So that was where Chaz did his first year of residency. He did one year one place and three years at another place, just that's how his program worked. And so we were living in Augusta. So one of the struggles of this pregnancy was that I had half of my care in one place and half of my care in another place. So around my 20-week mark, we moved. Another struggle was I had to go to see a specialist, right? So I was seeing if MFM medicine instead of just like my traditional OBGYN. That's because having such a premature baby previously put me into the high risk category, even though otherwise I was a healthy weight. I had no health conditions, was on no medications, but I was extremely high risk because of this premature birth that I experienced with Ella. So I was going to the doctor all the freaking time. (laughs) And when I had Ella in tow at this point. And so when you're going once a month or once every couple months or you're getting scans every X amount of weeks, like that was just severely, it was basically double. So if a typical non-risky birth is you go once a month to the doctor, I was going once every week or every two weeks. So that kind of put a burden on me. And then additionally, I had preterm labor. I experienced preterm labor four separate times during Owen's pregnancy. And every time it would happen, it was so, so stressful. And I would start having contractions and I'd be like, no, I don't want to be having contractions. And they would tell me, okay, Caroline, you have to come in if these are closer than five minutes apart for more than like 30 minutes, let's say. That's not specifically what they told me. I don't remember anymore. But I would wait for like an hour, right? I would be like, I don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get these away. I'm gonna let them go away. They're gonna go away. I know it. And so I would put lavender on all over my belly. I would take a hot bath to try to stop the contractions. I would chug water because being really hydrated can help stop contractions because, you know, contractions are just a muscle. And so being really hydrated can help all of these things and it wouldn't stop. So four separate times we give Ella to Chaz's mom, Gigi. We have to go to the hospital. I have to get checked in. They put me on IVs, they run a ton of tests, and then two, three, four, five, six hours later, I go home. Okay, so overall, my pregnancy with Owen honestly was really stressful. 
And I talk to people about this a lot because one thing that I feel like people, a lot of people don't really consider when they're thinking like, how many kids do I want to have and how big of a family do I want to have? I feel like a lot of people don't consider the mom really in those scenarios. And number one, I wanted two kiddos. Like I didn't want a huge family. I just have one sister. So that's kind of what I'm used to. Chaz has one brother, one half brother that he grew up with closely. And so we're just used to smaller families. And so that's what I wanted, number one. Number two, especially after my experience with Ella and Owen, I felt like I am not a super capable bearer of children. (laughs) They come early. It's really stressful for me mentally. It's also stressful for my body. And I just can't keep them in. Okay. And that's not like a judgment on myself. It really is just factually. (laughs) This hasn't worked out so great for me. I have premature babies. And so that was something we considered after Owen. That's why we decided to only have two kiddos, hopefully. So anywho, had a lot of premature labor with Owen and experienced a lot of the typical aches and pains of pregnancy, mainly just had some back issues since I had been in a car accident when Ella was one. So those were kind of exasperated during pregnancy. But overall, I was so thankful to be pregnant, so thankful to have the knowledge of Number one, what does a contraction even feel like? When I was in labor with Ella, I literally thought it was a stomach ache. So I felt way more empowered with like knowledge and experience of like, okay, I'm having contractions. I need to track these. And I felt really comfortable that I could go into the hospital and I felt like they were equipped to be able to help me. So finally, on October 6th, 2015, I went to the doctor's office and it was so funny. My doctor was like, hey, do you want to have this baby? And I was like, of course I want to have this baby. Who doesn't want to have their baby when they're 37 weeks pregnant? And he goes, okay, well, let me see if I'm on call tonight because my practice had six or seven different doctors and it would be really fun if he could deliver the baby. So he's like, I'm on call tonight. Okay, great. And he like sticks his hand at me, strips my membranes And I didn't even know what that was at the time. I didn't know what he was doing, which like that's a whole nother conversation around consent. But anyway, strips my membranes and is like the vast majority, 86% of women go into labor within 24 hours of stripping their membranes. And I'm like, okay, I mean, sure. (laughs) And that's probably a little early, honestly, like looking back, that's probably a little early to strip your membranes. I was 36, four. So I was, he was still early term at this point. But also, I feel like if I were a physician, if I were an OBGYN, I would do research around short-statured women and premature labor. I definitely think there's a connection because there's only so much space that this baby has and so many places for this baby to go. And so I have so many friends who are tiny and then they have their babies early. And I just don't know that I would have it in me to birth like a 14 pound baby. I just don't think there's space in my body to hold a 14 pound baby. So anyway, if I'm five foot two for reference. So anyway, he stripped my membranes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So I immediately start having contractions. This is around 4 p.m. And I'm starting to think, okay, I'm going to have this baby, right? 
And thankfully, Chaz's mom, we were already planning on going to dinner with Chaz's mom. So it's Chaz, his mom, me, and sweet little Ella, who's two and a half at this point. And we're sitting at dinner, and I'm like, these contractions are not going away. I think that we're going to have this baby tonight. And also another really stressful thing about this time was Chaz was in his second year of residency. And so he was doing all these different rotations around the hospital And he was also on call a lot, like overnight on call at Emory. So I was terrified. My biggest fear was like, it's going to be a night when Chaz is on call, my water's going to break, I'm going to go into labor, and then I have no way to get Ella to her grandma, who lived about 20 minutes away. So that was a huge fear of mine, and that was like one of my biggest prayers was like, please just make this easy. And towards the end, the last three months since Ella was so early, I really did like text Renee, Chaz's mom, anytime he was on call. Just so you know, just a reminder, even though she had the calendar, she totally knew. But like, honestly, just to call myself, like, just so you know, just so you remember, Chaz is on call tonight. I'll keep my phone on. You keep your phone on. I just want to be on the same page, right? So thankfully, oh my gosh, it was ideal We went to dinner with Gigi. She knew I was having contractions. She was waiting for the call. And it was about 7 o'clock. And I had been having contractions for three hours. And I went to put Ella to bed. And I she picked out a cute little book. And I got the book and had Ella. And I just laid down on the bed and my water broke. Like immediately. And I was like, okay, chance. My water broke. It's time to do this. (laughs) And so thank God, seriously thank God that we were together, that sweet Ella had a place to go so Chaz could drive. I wasn't driving like while having contractions dangerously. And so Chaz drove sweet little Ella to his mom's house and we went to Emory. And so with Ella, the intent was to have her at a birthing center. So at the time, 2013, There was only one birthing center in Georgia, and it was in Savannah. So I felt so lucky that I could have this natural birth that I wanted to have in, they have essentially bedrooms where you just get to be in a bed, it's super comfy, you can be eating because you're not having any pain meds, and all these different things. So that's what I wanted. Well, we had her in the ER. So total change of plans, but I will say Having had a baby with complications, there was absolutely no question in my mind where we would have this baby, and it was in a hospital. And I'm not here to say that every single woman needs to have her baby in a hospital. I absolutely think that you know what's best for you. But for me, it was very comforting knowing that if he came early, if there was a complication, if something happened, we would have the care right there that we needed instead of being in a birthing center or birthing at home and being rushed to the hospital. And so we get to the hospital and also I had been like, I had a natural birth. I feel much better about epidurals now. Like I did the research again, was like, I feel like the complications are very low, risks are minimal. I'm redeeming this whole birthing process and I'm having an epidural. So my doctor was fabulous and was like, Caroline, let's do blood work. So that appointment that I told you about where he stripped my membranes, he also took my blood so that we could do an epidural really fast. He's painting this picture for me. He's so great. He's like, you know, Caroline, we are going, you're going to walk in and we will get an epidural for you. And you are just going to have this like, just binge watch friends, right? Do whatever you want during this process because it's going to be so easy. Okay, y'all. I get to the hospital 
I'm in triage, which is you're not even admitted, you're not even fully in the hospital yet. I'm in a triage room and hours and hours and hours and hours go by and I'm like, where's my doctor? What's going on? I'm asking over and over for an epidural. They're like, you're six centimeters, seven centimeters. And I'm like, where is my epidural? So at this point, I'm like slathering myself in essential oils, like contraction after contraction, trying to manage it on my own with sweet chats next to me. And epidural is nowhere to be found. Well, I find out after the fact, when I went to my six-week appointment, follow-up appointment after Owen, after having him, my doctor's like, because I was like, what happened? Like, why did it take six hours to get my epidural? He was like, wait, when was Owen born again? And I said, October 7th. And he said, oh my gosh, that day there was a woman who came to the labor and delivery ward and she was near death. Like she had to have this extreme emergency hysterectomy. And so he's like listing the people who are in the room. He's like, I was in the room. There were two OBGYN residents in the room, another OBGYN doctor in the room, surgery doctor, surgery doctor on call, two surgery residents. I mean, he just went on and on and on. So it essentially came down to all hands on deck for this poor woman who's near death And there's this like healthy 24-year-old in triage who's just like wanting her epidural but is doing absolutely fine. And so I got completely neglected. Okay, so after the fact, I obviously had a lot more compassion towards the situation because like, of course, I'm clearly fine. I've had a natural birth before. I can do it again. But at the time when you have no information and you feel completely neglected, it was no fun. And the other funny thing is, Chaz is a doctor, and so he's like, Caroline, something's going on. Like, there has to be some reason that we're not getting more attention. Like, and he's an Enneagram 9, so he's like, I don't want to rock the boat. And I'm, like, walking into the hallway being like, what is going on, guys? Like, I need some information. I need some help. I need some answers. Anywho, so fast forward, I finally, like, I'm seriously near, near 10 centimeters at this point. I think I'm probably 8 centimeters. And finally, probably around 3 a.m., 3.30, they get the anesthesiologist in there and I get an epidural. Okay, so of course, what happens? Instead of going numb from the waist down, which is the point and not feeling this pain anymore, instead, I transferred the pain I was feeling for pins and needles. So it was... It's like when your arm goes to sleep and then it starts waking up, but the pins and needles, I mean, it really feels like needles going into your skin. It's painful. So I switched my contraction pain for that pain all over both legs, okay? So I could still feel most of everything. Contractions were a little bit less, but I felt these painful pins and needles. So the anesthesiologist was probably in his 60s and he's like, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never had this reaction before. I'm like, of course, that checks out. That makes sense. (laughs) makes sense that I would that this would happen to me so anywho it's so bizarre it's like I still felt grateful for a change even though the pins and needles were painful the fact that it was even different at all from the pain that I had been experienced was a relief so eventually I finally start pushing Owen was born around 4 39 a.m and so I start pushing probably around 4 
And I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And finally, the nurse is like, doctor, she's getting really close. Go ahead and come on in. So he comes in to deliver this baby. And I'm pushing, pushing, pushing even more. And he's like, okay, Caroline, last push. I remember him saying last push. So I'm going to pause and say this. When Ella was born, I was so freaking young. I was 23 years old. I hadn't even had time to adult on my own. I had no time to adult on my own. I went from college, which I guess is like adulting with training wheels. I went from college to being married. So I never had a single out of college phase at all. And so I struggled with authority and being the authority for my child. I felt like you know, I haven't even had a chance to be the authority over my own life, let alone have authority and agency over my child's life. So I felt like I had a hard time like really expressing what I wanted for my child or really stepping up and like taking authority, being the mom. I had trouble with that when it came to interacting with other people. Well, I learned a lot in those two and a half years and I was really proud of myself because my doctor's like one more push and I start to push and immediately, you guys, immediately, he goes, vacuum. And we had discussed my birth plan, right? Like I had told him what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I looked this doctor in his eyes and I was like, I do not want that. And right as I finished that sentence, (sighs) Sorry for the really gross sound effect, but that is what having a child, a seven pound child vacuumed out of your body sounds and feels like. It was the craziest experience ever, honestly, of my whole life. It was absolutely bizarre. So Owen was vacuumed out of my body. I found out later, my doctor was so kind and so sweet. He came to labor and delivery afterwards And he said, Caroline, I just wanted to check on you. And he did apologize. He said, I never want to go against a mother's direct wishes, but Owen's oxygen levels had completely tanked, completely. Like it was a matter of life and death and get this baby out like five seconds ago, right? Like right now. And so I was so thankful that this doctor had expertise that he knew to vacuum Owen out. You start not having oxygen and it's brain damage, you know? And so that could be catastrophic and have such negative impacts for Owen and our family. And so he vacuumed Owen out and I'm sitting there yet again with this traumatic birth experience and this shock that I felt And then the medical student in the room gets Owen, like he, he caught Owen. She takes Owen and hands Owen to me. Well, he is absolutely white as a sheet, whiter than a sheet with purple extremities, hands and feet. And the doctor reaches for Owen off my chest, takes Owen and yells at the student and said, you never hand a purple baby to a mom. They had an incubator right there. They immediately give Owen oxygen. So yet again, I have another baby who's in an incubator, another baby who's on oxygen. And I'm so glad to have birthed a child, but at the same time, it was another really scary experience. Thankfully, it it turned out well. He said to me, He came over and he said, unfortunately, Caroline, Owen is currently not moving his right arm. And I said, 
okay, doctor, you know me. Shoot me straight. Give it to me, best case, worst case. He goes, best case, he moves it right now. Worst case, he can never move his arm again. So this was a birth injury from having been vacuumed out of the womb. Well, I was like, okay, well, you know, he's got another arm. Like, we're fine, right? And then later, my doctor's like, Caroline, you get most chill mom award. I've never had a mom that I told them a body part may never work again. And they're like, it's fine. We're going to be great. (laughs) And so I will say I just had, I just having the experience of not knowing if your baby's going to be alive, which is what I had with Ella, having a 36 week, four day baby. So early term baby with Owen, who was 95% healthy and like it was just I was just fine I was like we can deal with whatever the Lord gives us and whatever comes at us and we're gonna be fine so anyway that is my birth story with Owen overall a much better experience I'm so thankful given that he did need to be vacuumed out I was so thankful to be in a hospital I feel like we made the right choice for us knowing the complications we had had in the past And having a second complicated birth, I was just so thankful to be there. So we got to rest for two days in the hospital. Ella got to come meet him. Our family got to come meet him. And overall, it was just a much more positive experience. And having having already had a child, I was really just thankful that we made it long enough that he did not have to be in the NICU for a significant period of time like Ella did. So sweet Owen, we love you so much. Happy, happy seventh birthday. You are such a joy in our lives. I can't imagine our life and this world without you. Happy birthday, buddy.